Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. You're listening to Theater in College Hoops. I'm Subi. Alongside me is Taylor Dammel and The Shark. We're brought to you by Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel and the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. Your random college hooper of the week this week is a Donald Foyle. A Donald Foyle, the big man out of Colgate. Let me give you a couple nuggets on Mr. Foyle here. Uh, he actually played in the NBA for 10 plus years. I was shocked at that. He was on the Warriors for 10 years, and I think he had a stint with the Magic, maybe another team. Uh, here's another little nugget for you. He ranks third all time in blocks in college. Can you tell me who number one is? Because number two, nobody knows. I don't even know who the fuck this guy is. Who's number one? Jeff Withy. No. Shark, you block, got any guesses? Block shots. Block shots. He's an SEC guy. How about that? Oh, Jarvis Venardo. The Shark. Can I get... Oh, you don't forget a name like Jarvis Venardo. All right? You do not forget a name like that. Him and, and then you had Renardo Sidney, who I think got in a brawl in the stands or something for Mississippi State. But Jarvis Renardo, I mean, what, what a snipe. That's how you set the tone for the show. But uh, random college trooper of the week, Adonal Ford. What did, what did Jeff Withy lead the NCAA in? He has oh, a I random know, yeah. stat like that, too. Oh, you might have to look that this up. Probably like, no this idea. is probably like a goal percentage. Yeah, something like that. This is my own personal research project, I guess. Then. I mean, it could be blocks per game. I don't know. But total cumulative blocks, Adonal Foil is in there at number three. Check out the website at thebarnburner.com. That's the-barnburner.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feed is. And make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. So the shark comes in hot, setting the tone very well. I'm going to p- continue to piggyback off this. You got 180 followers on Twitter. Has your self-worth increased? Because that is indeed how life works these days. And that's how I tie my self-worth uh, is, is with how many Twitter followers I have. No, 
my self-worth has not increased because of that. Look, I mean, the life is good right now. The football team is ripped off four straight. You pointed it out a few weeks ago. When the football team goes, that's where I go. So I've spent the majority of my 30-year life being very um, short-fused, short-tempered. Uh, I lash out at people because the football team loses a lot. Right now, everything's good. So uh, the followers, that's just a thing. That's nothing to me. Aside from that, everything is going swimmingly. The football team, there is a direct correlation. Actually, would you say there's a direct correlation with your self-worth in the football team? Yeah. I mean, didn't I just say that? Well, I mean, I'm, not try- I'm, not, I'm not trying to be short-fused right now in response to a question about that. But, I mean, yes, I just made that point. Listen. Taylor? Back in the back in the saddle, how are you? Uh, Jeff Withy led the Big 12 in blocks for his career and the most blocks in the Big 12 in a single season. So that's what I was thinking of. Uh, I'm doing great, though. Uh, if we're speaking of football, Aaron Rodgers looks like the best player in the NFL, which isn't a shock to me because I watch these games every single year, but apparently most of the people in sports media do not. Um, I'm just happy to uh, have him being pushed as an MVP candidate. Him and Patrick Mahomes should be a great battle all the way down the stretch here. All right. Well, I'm going to pivot back to college basketball then, and we'll open it up first and foremost with Coach K's comments uh, from last week. So Duke, they get their doors completely blown off by Illinois. Hand up, 2020 year of accountability. I got that pick wrong. I thought last Tuesday, I believe it was, that Creighton was going to go into Allen Fieldhouse, beat Kansas, and I thought Illinois was going to lose to Duke at home. Little did I know, Duke cannot shoot for shit. I mean, if they didn't have Matthew Hurt, I don't know where this team would would truly be. And they actually, uh, their freshman, Jalen Johnson, just went down with an injury. But Duke, uh, they get blown out at home to Illinois. It wasn't very close at all. And then in the post-game conference, right, Coach K, first he did say, look, we got our butts beat quote, for the good of the game and mental and physical health of our players and staff, we need to constantly look at this thing. And what he's referring to, obviously, is the season playing amidst a pandemic. He goes on to say, I think that's a smart thing to do, to constantly look at the thing. And so, of course, it draws the ire of a lot of people because, number one, it's almost an inherently a characteristic of anyone that didn't go to Duke. You hate Duke. You hate Coach K. You hate their players. But I will say there is some merit to people being upset with what Coach K said, and I think it's mostly because of the timing. Personally, I don't have any issue with trying to look out for the health and safety of the kids, number one. But why isn't he saying this after a win? Why did I, mean, he, I don't think he was this adamant about it uh, in the offseason as he is right now. Coach K comes out, and he has a history of doing this. This is somewhat of a repeated history of trying to deflect after his team gets embarrassed. And I think that is where there's an issue. Another thing, I don't know if it's necessarily 100% uh, a safer and healthier route to have the kids travel back to their families. Where they're at right now seems to be a lot more safer in a bubble. So just logistically speaking, I think he's wrong there. But Shark, I'll kick it to you first. Your initial thoughts on Coach K and what seems to be like him yet again deflecting from – an ass whooping. Well, I mean, they're playing this week against Notre Dame and they're about to go off against in the ACC conference play as well. So uh, I saw the thing that their only other non-conference game was against Gardner Webb, which means, I mean, you would assume he would win that game, right? I mean, I, let's put all, you know, 
outrageous things aside, you would assume he would get that win. So I think what he's doing here is more so trying to um, keep Duke on the Ivy League pedestal that they, uh, you know, uh, place themselves with. And I mean, obviously the Ivy League's not playing this year, but Duke wants to be kind of a a trendsetter, so to speak, in in the industry. And this is a small opportunity to do that while still you know, embracing a full season. So he's kind of pandering to both sides of the aisle, the elite people, the woke people, the people that want to, um, you know, stop everything as well as continuing to play by saying, Hey, we're going to play the conference thing. So I think it's actually a pretty shrewd political move from him to, to do that. Whereas all of us, we're going to be upset with them, but you know, at the end of the day, he also knows he doesn't have a very talented team. Taylor, your thoughts on coach K's comments from last week. Well, it's it's not – yeah, I, I guess what Shark said is kind of uh, correct in saying that it's not just the comments. It's the fact that they canceled uh, the rest of the non-conference games. And it wasn't necessarily just uh, canceling the non-conference game they had on the schedule, but essentially canceling the consideration of any other non-conference games because this year we're seeing people schedule anyone and everyone within a week. I think the big problem I have with it – is the big problem I have with just kind of Duke fans in general, right? And it's that a lot of times their argument points are actually in hindrance of the point they're trying to make and not actually like supportive of what they're trying to say. So why that what I mean like that or by that is this. So the big argument point that Duke fans had was, hey, Coach K's been concerned with this since the preseason, right? Oh, Okay, so he only now is canceling the games after they lose. So, like, you can't. So, if you're saying he's been concerned with this the whole year, then you're actually making the point that these games are only being canceled because they lost, right? The only thing that's changed from last week or the week before or the next week, COVID's still rampant. We're still having all these issues. The only thing that's changed is your team has now lost the first two. Uh, you know, games at home in non-conference they have in 20 years. So your argument point of saying that, oh, Coach K has been concerned about this the whole time is actually working against you and not for you. And that was my big problem with it because the only people that really have been out here defending this whole thing are Duke fans and their extreme lack of self-awareness that they continue to have year after year after year after year after year after year. I'm glad you muted yourself after the amount of years that you were about to go on there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that is their calling card. There's two sides to this, the way I look at it. And you have that added element of Nate Oates coming in from the top rope, basically saying, uh, you know, would they have been, would Coach K have been saying this? And he actually reverted back two days ago. He apologized, which I think is kind of a pussy move. But if I'm Nate Oates, right, I, you stand by it. And also if I'm Coach K, I'm going to say, who the fuck are you, Nadoats? If there's one person who can get away with saying whatever the hell he wants, it's the all-time winningest coach in college basketball history and Coach K. If there's one fan base that can get away with being so delusional and fully supportive of their coach, it's the Dukie. So I'm I'm with them in the sense that, who the, I, oh, I didn't even know Alabama had a basketball program. Thank you for, for being relevant there, Nadoats. But on the other side – you got to understand that this is this is what coach K has been doing recently it feels like just constant deflection and it's it's not the greatest look especially after it comes after losses and here's my other thing losing to illinois is not that uh you should be that ashamed they're a damn good team 
They're a hell of a team. I also think another thing that I found out about this, and we were we were speculating in the offseason with there not being any fans. It's kind of crazy how reliant these teams really are, these kids really are, on their fans. Uh, Duke probably wins that game. They cut it to eight or six. And when you go on those types of runs, the crazies are obviously going wild. Illinois didn't look scared at all. They didn't, they didn't, they came out of every timeout with dead silence and Duke ends up obviously losing, but it is kind of wild how much they are tied to uh, these, you know, their fans and and that success. But uh, coach K with some ruffling some feathers as he's known to do here as of late. Um, Marquette. I'd like to get your thoughts on Marquette shark. Uh, the Golden Eagles have played a relatively difficult schedule. They got a win against Wisconsin, and then they beat Creighton, their best win of the season, easily in Omaha. Uh, Wojo, we said a couple weeks ago that this was going to be a big season for him, and he needs to build off that momentum of beating Wisconsin. He's certainly done it. I wanted to go. I've been trying to, on the Nate Oates bit that you just said, can't stand Nate Oates. I'm, I'm about done with that guy. I was trying to think of the the tweets I send out about comparing movies that I just watched to a specific college basketball team. I was trying to think of the tweet that I sent out against uh, comparing someone to the Buffalo teams that Nate Oates inherited Bobby Hurley's players and then did well, but I can't remember what the tweet was. So um, did I even tweet that? Do you recall seeing that tweet? I have no idea. Let me just take a I, look. Well, I mean, I literally watched a movie or a show recently that reminded me of that Buffalo team where the player or the coach did well with the previous regime, their players. That's what Nate Oates is. That's the only reason he's relevant is because he did well with Bobby Hurley's players at Buffalo and then went on to, uh, uh, to you know, get a job at Alabama. But that's my point on that. I, I, I might have just kept that in my, my bank. You know, I might have that in my log somewhere. Um, I'll use it on something coming up here soon. What was the question? I just wanted to get your thoughts on the golden Eagles. I'm sorry to have, have moved on from Nate Oates there so quickly. You should have hopped in. Well, I was trying to find the tweet. I couldn't, uh, there's so I've been tweeting a lot lately. Like, honestly, I got to slow down a little bit. followers that they, they, the more, yeah. the more equity you build. Oh, no. Yeah. No, they're, they're a good group of guys. Going. Too. The yeah. content has to be provided. Well, this is this is a sign where I have to stop because I thought I had a great Nate Oates tweet Buffalo, and all of a sudden I don't even remember what it was. Um, so the question was about Marquette Golden Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I was up watching that Creighton game while everyone was watching the Ravens and Browns last night, and Marquette tougher than a you know trigonometry test over here. These guys were getting after it. Um, they 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 seem to play what they, the Ewing theory is there with Marcus Howard. They're they're getting these other players involved. Theo John. Barely does anything except scream and pounds his chest. But people, you know, uh, that resonates with folks on the team. And then Creighton, my goodness. Um, I don't know if we're going to be talking about them later on in this show. But Jesus, are they soft? Are they soft? Are they a soft basketball team? uh, Not just soft. I mean, they, they don't go into the, they don't pound it in at all. But just mentally fragile. Just so many one in, you know, one and one free throws where it's their best players. It's Zegarowski, it's Balak, it's all these guys that are going for the one and one and one to stop a run, and they just keep bricking them. Now I know Balak had like 16 threes last night, but still you got to hit those free throws to stop runs. You gotta you gotta demand the ball. Zegarowski turned it over like three straight times. That guy's been playing terrible since the Stapleton tweet suit. You know, you, that tweet has ruined his season. 
You know, last year it was his ankle. He was out for the year with his, with his ankle. This year it's a Chris Stapleton tweet. So Creighton, I, you know, I wanted, I expected a little bit more toughness out of them, but from what I've seen thus far, uh, I, I was blown away as to how mentally fragile and soft they were as a team could not get an easy bucket to save their lives. And they really just resort on whether or not they're streaky shooting the ball. They, they seem like they're so active defensively, but they're active for about 75% of the possession. And then it turns into a wide open layup for some guy. So like you can, you can slap the floor and scream and holler and move your feet and call out screens all you want, but you got to complete the possession. Otherwise, you know, CJ Carton is going to bury another three in your face and you're going to let up 95 points on a Tuesday, Monday night. I got to tell you though, again, friendly reminder, that tweet was, you're doing, uh, you forced my hand and I know, I, I knew I didn't want to do it. And you had referenced this last week, but Zegarowski's mom, if that is a sign of things to come, my God, I mean, you mentioned the, the one-on-ones and the, and the free throws. That's not a good sign when the mom, I think he was, he was over six from three too. It's like, I mean, Denzel Mahoney, that guy's pretty tough. Like that guy, I kind of trust, you know, you can get a shot off when he wants it. I mean, they're terrible shot selections, but he's not afraid of it. Zagorowski is just going to do, you know, crossovers left and right until there's three seconds on the shot clock and Balak's going to chuck up a 30 foot three. I mean, come on. Well, you, th- you think Creighton, middle America, Omaha, right? Nebraska, but Omaha, isn't that like a really nice upscale place? Isn't that Warren Buffett? Warren Buffett's little project. He's from there. He like built the infrastructure, everything. Not uh, not much toughness coming out of Omaha, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know I, if I describe I Omaha as like as like an upscale well, place. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, there's, Shark. There's two things I know about Omaha. You got Buffett, big Creighton guy, um, and great movie up in the air when George Clooney. I think that he sets that up as his home base when he's flying out of all the airports. He goes into Omaha. That's 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 home court um, because it's right in the middle of America and he can reach all these cities left and right. So they got Buffett, they got Clooney and they got, you know, Zegarowski. So, Taylor, this actually should be a sign of what we think of of Marquette because the conversation immediately pivoted to Creighton. Did you have any thoughts on Marquette specifically or is this more about Creighton's loss? Well, I think I would say that first, I can't believe that Shark would dump on us for watching the uh, Monday night football game last night. Uh, but because it was like the game of the year. Yeah, but Zagorowski went 007. I think the, uh, the thing I think I would say, though, is I think the Shark has missed a real opportunity on his somewhat off the beaten path teams to pick this year. He's rolling with Creighton right now. And I think that he may have had an opportunity to really gain more Twitter followers, especially if he went would have gone with the Sharkette Golden Eagles. Sharkette, that's not bad. Did you just come up with that right now? It's, it's not good either. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not bad. It's not good. Sharkette? <laughs> How many other names are you going to weave Shark into in college basketball? I mean, that might be the... Uh, I'm nope. still looking for this Buffalo movie tweet over here. <laughs> Did I dream this or something? I mean, oh my god! Have, because I what? searched, I searched for like your Twitter handle, Nate, and also Oats. Got nothing unless, unless you refer to him as the Buffalo coach. Maybe I was saving it for something. Oh, Taylor just left the show. Um, what the heck was I watching? What was I watching within the past? It was a great. Yeah, and what's the premise again? Some the doing whether it's the director or the protagonist of the film 
doing good, but with someone else's players and someone else's talent. So, I mean, it's because we see that all the time in in sports and then they just made it into a movie. Well, no, they didn't make that actual. There's no movie about the Buffalo Bulls from 2016. No, I know. I know that. Yeah, it's an an analogy, you know, or a metaphor. One of those two. Um, Not to be overly, not to be overly football, but it's kind of like the Brady Hoke situation in Michigan from, from back in the day. Yeah. Take yeah, that. I, I mean, there's def- there, there's definitely uh, yeah. This guy won with their players, like John Gruden won with Tony Dungy's players. Uh, that that type thing, but for a movie. But I have to do it for college basketball. That's my thing. All right. So, Wait, so, so what I'm trying to find out though is, it, does the movie exist, or are you pitching this? I watched the I watched a movie. I watched okay. a movie or a TV show, and I came out of that movie and show, and I said, you know what? This is what this movie's about. You know, I'm not overly impressed with the protagonist. His success is geared towards someone else's success. He just happened to like, you know, play the hits once he was there. So that, that was the point. And I'm trying to remember what it was. I might honestly put, I'm going to mute for about four minutes and I'm going to go back in my brain and I'm going to figure it out what it was. Well, here's another place to start. What is the complete opposite of what you just described? It's the replacements with Gene Hackman and uh, Keanu Reeves. Hackman comes in and he takes the, oh, these, these absolute scabs and uh, Roy from the office who's deaf wins wins a game to I think get to the playoffs. That's great theater, the replacements. Wait, hold on, hold on. Is remember the Titans not kind of like that? Boone? Boone? Okay, so hang on. Maybe exactly maybe at a technical level, but Boone was also facing just hey, I, I, I know. I, I'm just saying the very, very general premise you one could argue that that's there in that movie. Yeah, but I mean Boone also found Boone also found uh, talent in, in other places, right? So, like, Ryan Gosling, that guy was always playing, and Boone said, you sucked. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull you. Who did he pull him for? Was that for Petey? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, uh, let's move on then to Luca Garza, our boy. Launch pale Luca, man. Found it. Found it. All right. This is, a, this is where we found it. This is where we slipped in and figured it out. It's because I missed this show. And, the, you know, listeners, I'm sorry. Whatever Subi's about to bring up with Luca Garza, it's not going to be as important as this. Because it was the show that you two did together when you were giving me a hard time. And you were talking about yesterday, the Beatles movie. The kid comes in, plays the hits from the Beatles, and he does a good job with it. He does a good job with it. But it's not his. So that's the 2018 Buffalo Bolts right there. Nailed it. That's pretty fucking good. I'm glad you know. What was the tweet? Or did it, did the movie just pop into your head? Well, I I was I tweeted it at you, so it wasn't a standalone shark tweet. Granted, it only got one like, um, but so it wasn't really moving the chains too much here. But it, uh, I basically just said, great unique story about taking someone else's material and executing. 2018 bolts. Well, um, it was, it up. you really narrowed it down with shows that I missed. We only had like six in a row to pick from there. So, yeah, yeah thanks for yeah. narrowing it down for us. Good thing. Good thing. Maybe we'll get back to uh, or when this airs. More people will go back to that tweet and like it. But, yeah, you know, you're right. That, yesterday is more of a important refi than what I'm about to bring up with Luca Garza. His hot streak just continues. Dominated rival Iowa State. So much Matt Dillon and Luca Garza. I don't think anyone's really said that yet, but Matt Dillon looks just like Luca and vice versa. Um, 
But Luca Garza, 25 straight points at Carver Hawkeye, doing it in a variety of ways. Threes, backing people down in the post. Luca Garza right now is definitely the front runner by, I think, a pretty wide margin for National Player of the Year winning the Wooden Award. And I really like that because even a big man like Obi, he seemed a bit more finesse. Luca Garza seems like your your lunch pail, literally type of guy, blue collar, bangs down low, but he can also shoot three. Of course, Luca just seems like he's making the position sexy again. And unless something out of the ordinary happens, I think it's very fair to expect him to win the Wooden Award. Shark, any thoughts on what Luca's been doing this this season? Because he's on an absolutely horrid pace and i think also real quick to anyone that wanted to go against the grain for the sake of going against the grain not only with iowa as a team but luca as a player i'm seeing some fringe tweets about how luca's overrated and how he needed to show up against carolina to be to be considered a good player shut the fuck up luca garza is unbelievable that's that's my quick psa yeah, that, that little stretch he went on where he made about 10 straight shots against Iowa State on Friday night was pretty impressive. Now, he's obviously becoming more of a shooter from the outside, shooting the ball more. Um, his limitations are always going to be with just how downright slow he is. Like, he is an absolute statue. He can barely move his feet. Doesn't help that he wears black sneakers, too. Black shoes always make you look slow. Everybody knows that. Uh, so he might need to – maybe that's just what the optically it's slowing us down. But – you know, this Saturday is going to be a phenomenal opportunity for him to showcase this on an even larger level against Gonzaga. They're going to throw about 17 different huge Eastern European guys at him, and he's going to be able to work his way through them and prove it again uh, because Luca is exceptionally skilled. As an offensive player, the ball just finds him on rebounds. I don't know how he does it. He's got a magnet on offensive rebounds, and he's just so much stronger than anyone they throw against him. The poor guy at Iowa State who's big, who's long, bouncy. Guy didn't even stand a chance. Luca would do whatever he want to him he, uh, throughout the night. So he doesn't have to prove himself to anyone. Um, I guess to uh, the hipster college basketball fans and the people that aren't really college basketball fans and want looking for something to watch on Saturday, those are the only people he's got to prove himself to. With a name like Luca Garza, you would just expect him to be incredibly skilled, and he absolutely is. And by the way, great refi on the shoes. It was Booby Miles that first introduced me to white cleats being fast, white shoes being fast, and or was it black? I forget. No, it was black because Chris Comer, his backup, took a sharpie and was uh, coloring in the sneakers. But you know, th- there's some conflicting ideologies there between Booby Miles and Luca Garza. That's why you come to this show because right now we're at a bar with Luca Garza and Booby Miles, and we're asking him what makes you look quicker. Taylor, any thoughts on lunch, Bill? <laughs> I assume the people who are like chirping at Luca Garza being the player of the year are the same people who voted Remy Martin as an All American because like Luca Garza is averaging 29 points a game and is shooting 69% from the field what like where is there why where's the debate here he he's scored 34 plus points in three of the games he's played this year hasn't played more than 29 minutes in a game all but once so far this year i don't know yeah i don't understand what uh what anyone would have to chirp about that and i think i think he's even allowed to be slow i think being slow when you're 611 265 is probably the least of your concerns right like it's not like you're trying to break. Well, a bunch if you want to play, in the, 
Yeah, but if he wants to play in the NBA, it's like we're not going to play like your Dave Cowens in 1960 at this point. <laughs> well, okay, but still, if that's the biggest knock on him is he's like he's not going to be quick enough for NBA fives, then like on our college basketball podcast, it's probably not that big of a deal, right? No, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, okay. he's like Tyler Hansbro. If Tyler Hansbro was stronger and, you know, he's starting, to, he's starting to be able to actually light it up from three at the pure jumper too. I mean, like the kind of jumper that just doesn't even think about touching the rim, just goes right into the net. Well, like, is someone like Nikola Vucevic quicker than Garza? And if he is, by how much? Yeah, he is. Better passer, but, too. Bigger. But, but by how much? By how much? Like, by a difference between an NBA-level starter and someone who's not in the NBA? Yeah. I, 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 that, that was just the first thing that came to mind. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I think substantially I, quicker. Um, I mean, and regardless, he's going to be the national player of the year this year. Yeah, Luka no, Garza yeah. is, and no, no. I think that's all that really matters in this particular because that's going to get him drafted, if nothing else. I would, I would say, and so he'll have an opportunity to prove himself in the NBA. But for our purposes here today, I mean, he's fucking dominating. So, I, uh, and there's nobody that's even close to him at this point. Yeah, he, he's truly the the perfect college basketball player. There's perfect college basketball guards, perfect college basketball big men. We might have to start brainstorming about the perfect college basketball roster. I mean, when you think of guard play, Aaron Kraft comes to mind, TJ McConnell, those guys come to mind. Cassius Winston comes to mind, right? That's at the guards. You look at big men, you think about a guy like Luca Hansborough, guys that just fill the stat sheet, and that's exactly what he's doing. Just names he's- all white guys, dude. Oh, no, crazy. I'd say Cassius Winston. You, all right, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Dewan Blair. Dewan Blair. Scotty uh, Reynolds. Uh, Scotty Reynolds. Okay. Dewan Blair. Man. I need a bucket. Give me Scotty Reynolds right there. Love that guy. You don't know, do, do, wasn't Dewan Blair an All American? No, I know. I, yeah, but I, uh, he's missing like ACLs or, or something. He's, you want to go? Yeah. To, yeah. Fully, to, this point, to this point, Boston, 2008. Uh, Pitt and Villanova, bottom right bracket up. I actually might be off on this one. Sweet 16 matchup in Boston. I was sitting in the very back row. One seed Pitt, four seed Villanova, Scotty Reynolds at the buzzer. So that was the one player too. Yep. Was that coast to coast? It was. I was there. Uh, We were driving. We were driving home from the elite, the Sweet 16, and uh, up here in Phoenix and had to listen to that game on the radio. That was. That was unfortunate. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll take a guy like Greg Oden too, who could dominate with his offhand. But these are Luca's putting himself in those in the pantheon of of players that are just your perfect college basketball players. And he was, I mean, just demolished Iowa State uh, with on. that twenty five point let, streak. Let me pander to our UConn fans that we have on this podcast. I was watching Hashim the beats. UConn team go to the final four that year in Phoenix. I'll take a Mecca Okafor over, over the beat. I think UConn fans would too. Didn't he win player of the year and they won the title? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't care. I'm just saying that that's what I was up here doing. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I thought that was a, the beat goes on uh pump up, but yeah, I'm, I'm taking a Mecca Okafor there. Let's pivot slightly here to some serious news. Uh, probably the biggest news out of college basketball this past week, Keontae Johnson forward for Florida collapsed on the court against Florida state and was in a medically induced coma. I believe today uh, on Tuesday, I should say he was uh, awake 
talking to doctors, his family, and even FaceTime the team, which is fantastic news, but very, very scary uh, information and, and scary thoughts coming from last week, especially because uh, it, it was it was then later reported that he tested positive for COVID-19. So now a lot of speculation enters your mind. You wonder how much of what he's going through right now was linked to COVID-19. There's talks about, you know, you think about these doomsday scenarios, very happy first and foremost that he's okay. But Shark, uh, did, did you have any thoughts initially when this came out uh, about, about his health? Yeah, I, I didn't immediately link it to the COVID thing. It sounds like he tested positive for COVID when a lot of the players on test earlier in the season tested positive. Um, you know, I, I had watched him play against BC the week before, and the guy is just shredded, you know, absolutely jacked, completely dominant. And, you know, I kind of was really looking forward to that game was on at like 11 a.m. on Saturday, too. Ridiculous. I mean, come on. Got to get the workout in. Uh, but I'm glad to hear he's doing all right. Sounds like he's chatting with the team, FaceTime and with the boys and, you know, his family's there. So it's hopefully everything's going to trend in the right direction. Uh, but he's a phenomenal player, and I wish, you know, Florida would have had him. Yeah, I guess, I mean, obviously all of our thoughts are getting me the same. Um, Subi, you and I were texting about this earlier today, and I, I guess you would say you hope that it's not uh, something that will be uh, the potential to shut down the college basketball season if they do determine it's something COVID-19 related. And I only say that in the sense that shut it down in terms of the safety for everybody if this is like a legitimate side effect. From a fan standpoint, obviously – that's not what we want to happen. So hopefully something that's uh, easily solvable for him and his life just from a personal health reason. And is it something that uh, it could potentially be a, a health issue for every other person that's playing college basketball, but also every other person that's kind of in this country or in the world, I guess right now. Yeah. Uh, goes without saying T's and P's for, for Keontae Johnson. Hopefully he has a very speedy and full uh, recovery, but we would be remiss if we didn't, Discuss that a little bit, and uh, hopefully, you know, th- this doesn't impact his future playing ball. Uh, last but not least, before we look ahead to some games, Kentucky. I'm just gonna say it; they're very bad. Uh, they suck. They cannot shoot. I said Duke couldn't shoot. F- here's here's a, a worse shooting team. It's the Kentucky Wildcats, man. Uh, they, they lose to Notre Dame even after a furious comeback. I mean, I I, I said it. All they had to do was shoot not shoot like they're middle schoolers, like even shoot like a high school team, shoot like a low or bad college basketball program. And you probably win that game against Notre Dame. They had to rally furiously in the second half, but it was too big of a hill to climb. Uh, Olivier Saar had a great game. Must've heard the shark must've read the sharks tweets, but he did miss the game winner there on the baseline. Uh, But Kentucky one in four off to their worst start easily in the Calipari era. And it's kind of reminding you of the Billy Gillespie era uh, where the wheels are just falling off. And I think the first initial reaction I had when Saar missed that shot was this is a gut punch type of game, a season defining type of game for Kentucky in the sense that if Saar hits that, I would not be surprised if they rattle off like five straight and they build some momentum. And I know I picked them to win the SEC. There's no point in backing down from that now. But if he hits that shot, you're looking at your season going one of two ways, clearly in the right direction. I could see them rattling off a couple games. He misses. Now you're just like, 
well, shit, we had all the momentum in the second half. We genuinely thought we could win and defeat a good Notre Dame team, and we still came up short. So there's areas of opportunity, obviously, that Cal can look at and say, well, if you don't suck in the first half, you'll win the game. But right now, Kentucky, I, I would say before the Notre Dame game, they were at a crossroads. They've now sort of started going down the path of a bad basketball team. So the hits keep on coming for the Wildcats. And also I've mentioned Duke, another blue blood who's not having a good season. Jalen Johnson out indefinitely uh, with a foot injury. Shark, you're our SEC guy. And I'm sure this is making you Grinch smile. Kentucky one and four. You know, they got to be thinking about how they're, they're at this point, they're not going to make the tournament unless they go on an obscene run in the SEC play. I mean, what have you done in the non-conference besides lose to not very good teams? You mentioned Notre Dame as being a good team. Notre Dame's a middle of the pack ACC team this year. That's a terrible loss. You know, while that game was going on, I didn't watch one minute of it. I was in, I was in Knoxville. Tennessee was in a rock fight. You ever been in a rock fight? Soon? Yeah. Uh, another poor viewing choice on your behalf, by the way, you should have watched the Monday night game. You should have watched the, the Kentucky game. Why would I watch be hot on the clicker? Tennessee, my team, is playing in a rock fight. In a rock fight, you don't change the channel. You get in the fight with them. So that's what I was watching. You gave me you gave me some crap about Olivier Saar having 20 points. Like I like, like there's a little blinking red light in the back over here. Like like I give a damn about Olivier Saar when I'm up there in a rock fight against He did it. You know, he did it. Magic, right? I feel like Leo DiCaprio in once upon a time. Right, it's just pointing at he's doing it. <laughs> Uh, it's absurd for you to even suggest that I should have watched that game, an SEC team that is probably not even going to make the tournament. You want me to go watch uh, Arkansas play? You know, well, it was a good game. Right? It, was, it, was a, it was a very good game, and the the season was teetering for a top ten team in Kentucky. I just well, that's I, a I problem. Why are they top ten? Why would they ever be? I expect a little quickness on the clicker. That's all. Well, no, because the, the, Tennessee's not getting any respect. Tennessee, they're minding their own business, letting up 40 points against Colorado and Cincinnati, just beating the piss out of people while shooting 25%. Nobody wants to say anything. Everyone wants to talk about BJ Boston and you know Olivier Saar having a nice touch. Like, give me a break. <laughs> the real story is just south of Lexington in Knoxville. This team is going to win the national title this year. They're, they're beating the bag out of that state right now as we're talking here. I think they let up eight points in the first half. Wake up. You talk about bad teams. You just throw out App State, Colorado, and Cincinnati all at home. Come on. I mean, everyone wanted to blow Xavier after they beat Cincinnati in their little crosstown shootout, and then they go in. Tennessee just literally beats them to a pulp. Uh, their best player, Keith Williams, I think he had about four points. And Tennessee is playing like crap, too, but they're still winning these games. Colorado, they were a bubble team last year. So why don't you get your facts straight before you come into this ring with me? Because I, like I just said, I was in a rock fight. I don't change the channels in rock fights. That's what I was doing. I wasn't watching your boring little game on CBS. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's an oxymoron, number one. Number two, Colorado lost Tyler Bay. He was easily their best player. They still got They still got fats down low. Big man, uh, Evan Beatty and, and McKinley Wright. But, I mean, Notre Dame's a pretty solid team. Taylor, any thoughts on Kentucky? And here's the other thing. I hate to tell you, Kentucky moves the needle. Tennessee does not. Taylor? And that's my problem. That's what, that was what that whole diatribe was about. Change your needle. Get a new needle. All right? Your needle sucks. I'm muting myself. <laughs> um, I, you know, the interesting part about Kentucky and – in extrapolating how they're going to be going forward is they're not particularly good at anything. Uh, they don't shoot the ball. Well, they don't shoot free throws. Well, they don't rebound the ball. Well, they don't pass the ball. Well, 
They have a negative assist to turnover ratio. They're giving up three times as many offensive rebounds as they have blocks, and they're bur- and they're turning the ball over three times. Or excuse me, they have three times as many blocks as give it up as offensive rebounds, and they are turning the ball over twice as much as they are. But assist- what does it all mean, Basil? Tell us what it means. It means that you suck as a basketball program if you are shooting 20. There's only six players on the team who have even made a three through five games. They're only shooting 24% from three-point range. There's not a singular stat that you can point out that goes like, oh, hey, at least at least they're going to be able to do this well and, and they'll be able to you know sneak out a couple games. Like, it, Let's say you shoot the ball poorly, but you're an awesome rebounding team. Then you could be like, okay, like we'll probably scrap out a, a couple rebounds and score some points. They don't rebound the ball well. They don't do anything well. And so, uh, you know, 12 assists a game to 17 turnovers a game on average is not going to win you games against anybody, let alone like major power five conference teams. I don't particularly see them turning this around unless something major happens. Uh, there's only three players on the team averaging more than seven points a game. I mean, they're only averaging 66 points a game against this is their supposed, this is supposed to be the time of year where you're averaging like 90 points a game. And then you play conference play and you coast down. So I just don't particularly see a reason why this is going to change. We could maybe rely on the fact, quote unquote, the fact that they are Kentucky and have high ranked recruits, but we could have, quote unquote, relied on that for the first five games and they're one and four in those five games. So I don't, I mean, I, they're going to have to show me something that's going to give me any reason to like bet on them, watch them over Tennessee, for example, or have any interest in, in them at this point. Unbe- guys, I don't care that it was Kentucky versus Tennessee. It was just a really good game. It was a furious comeback. You, you changed the channel to that game. But uh, I would actually put more weight in Cal turning it around with his coaching than I would any of these players. Uh, I'm curious. You think Cal next year uh, during the NBA draft, he's always there in the green room with his guys. You think he's just going to be like, I'm not going for you guys. Well, I, I love college basketball coaching and everything that goes into it, right? But like the elephant in the room of college basketball coaching is like the recruiting part of it. If your players aren't good, then you can't just all of a sudden be – a good coach and turn them into being good all of a sudden. Like if you can't hit open shots, there is not shit to do with coaching about missing open jumpers all day. So I guess unless that happens, unless Cal finds some kind of way to make his guys hit shots and stop passing it to the other team, then, then yeah, but coaching will only go. I mean, it's not like if coaching was so good, then all of these kids, all of these teams that come from like mid-major conferences or all these coaches that come from mid-major conferences would win national titles. They only win national titles when they're at the best, like 15 schools in the country. That's because they can recruit good players. Yeah. But I mean, there's coaches like a Greg Marshall. There's coaches like a Mark few who have built programs at the mid-major level and powerhouses and gotten to final fours without those amazing players. Uh, but I, I, I see what you're saying. Final, to final four singular, singular with those uh, examples that you gave. Didn't Wichita State go to two? How many do they have? One? I think they both have one. So you're talking. They went to yeah, one. Yeah, so you're talking. Butler won. I mean, that's still pretty good. Butler, yeah, but Butler went to one with an NBA fucking player on the roster. There's not a coincidence yeah, there, right? It wasn't, 
Well, he turned into one under the tutelage of Brad Stevens. Same thing with Red Van, Fred sure. Van Vliet with sure, but like the ta- the talent has to like be there to for these for this to happen. I disagree. I think I think it's all coaching. I, you look even look at few like Adam Morrison. That guy was. I mean, look at Adam Morrison. No, I'm Q not made saying him into a, the a lottery pick. I'm not saying coaching doesn't matter. I'm saying it matters between like being a like a mid major type of school and a school that has an opportunity to go to a, like a national championship, right? So like, like if you don't yeah, have the talent, that's what makes that's these what guys impressive. Yeah, yeah. The fact that they're doing it without the you know the in the, spite of all of it. Yeah, in spite of the, without the proven talent coming into it they're taking these guys they're creating nba players out of no, them i i i know has got the raw material already he just can't execute well but does he have the raw material this year i guess is is, is the point Absol- right Maybe. absolutely yeah, kidding me unless everyone missed got, like, three, three top well, 20 people, recruits here yeah but people miss you know i mean there's just we talk we only generally talk about the people who are uh the diamonds in the rough and not like the top 20 recruits who bust out Right. Like, but there's like half the top 20 re- recruits bust out every year, too. Or maybe not half, a third of them That's bust he, out every year. Well, and that, and like, that, but that could be the, them. but that could be the issue this year is make maybe that is this year. You can't hit a hundred percent of the time on recruiting. Yeah. It's so impossible. Nobody gets, nobody gets four or five top recruits like this. Yeah. I mean, are, are we, we really spending Cal Party right now? Are we still able to hit on one of those four? Let me tell you, yeah. this game, why are we still, this game is this beneath year. Me. No, I'm this saying, game is beneath me. I'm saying this particular year, not across Calipari is the best recruiter in college basketball history. I'm saying this particular year, maybe this is just the year that the talent's not there. Yeah, but his name's Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Good Ruffy. But no, I mean, but how do you still, even in one recruiting class, he's got like three top guys. I'm okay with missing two out of those three. How do you miss all three? Well, okay, no. like there's got to be a reason they're one in four. Then, like, what's the reason? Then, is it probably the coaching because, or they're recruiting? Probably because it's a pampered coach. That's probably the issue right now. I mean, if, I'm if just saying to, it's got to be one of the. It's got to be something here, right? It, it, yeah, and maybe the and talent's I, just not there here this year. I mean, it, for most schools, most schools that aren't Kentucky, Arizona, if you get someone that's within the top 100, they're throwing a parade on campus, and Calipari is just churning them out each year. So. I mean, I don't know how you could possibly defend this guy, and I wouldn't even qualify what you just did as a defense, but it was something. Huh, yeah, no, I'm not defending Calipari. I'm just saying that, like, sounded some, like no, I'm saying some year, like, I'm, if anything, it's an indictment of his recruiting this last year. And 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 I guess it's not even that bad. Like, some years you're just not gonna get four NBA players, no matter where they're ranked. Like, look at even the top Ooh-hoo. five. Yeah, no, it's not like I'm defending Kentucky. I don't give a fuck about like Calipari and his kids. They're just kids, you know, like sometimes it's just not going to work your way. And I think that's what we're seeing with Kentucky this year, because they're not particularly good at anything. Bright lights of the college basketball world. Uh, Let's look ahead now, because Kentucky does have a big game in in, against UCLA. So I guess we can start with them. We'll do some quick hitters here uh, before we get to gambling and Griswold and Kentucky, uh, UCLA shark. Who wins that game? Are, this is the first game you want to talk about. Like, well, you, I mean, it was a to, segue. Are you trying to troll to me right now? Like, we we have. I, I got it. I got it. I got. We got. I know we got. I know what we I, got. It's a segue. I could, I could care less about this game. Kentucky UCLA could give two shits. All right, maybe it was relevant twenty five years ago. It's not relevant in twenty twenty. All right, one team's one and four. The other team's got Mick Cronin. That's boring to me. But if you want me to pick, I'll pick Mick Cronin. Soft segue. That's what it's called, Taylor. 
Yeah, I don't think uh, that Kentucky's particularly better at anything than UCLA is. So I'm going to UCLA as much as it pains me to support Mick Cronin. The Johnny Juzang Bowl. I'm actually going Kentucky. I'm going down with the ship, damn it. All right. Uh, you pick them to win the conference. You don't pick UCLA to win their conference. So I'm going Kentucky. All right. Here we go, Shark. You happy now? Gonzaga, Iowa. Can we, can we talk about them? You have any thoughts on this game? Yeah, my thoughts are Gonzaga. Unfortunately, Gonzaga, I will be rooting for Iowa, but I think Gonzaga is just too deep. I'm really loving this. Lunch pail, baby. Lunch pail, Luca. I'm going with the best player in the entire country. Uh, Kansas, Texas Tech, Big 12 matchup. Shark. This is one of my picks. Do you want me to talk about it now or later? Uh, save it, Taylor. I'm, I'm going Ryan Chris Beard right now. And rolling with Texas Tech. I have a feeling that you're going to roll with me, Sue. I am. I am. Rolling not, with I, I mean, that's my pick too. I'm taking Texas Tech. I mean, they're all <laughs> you couldn't wait. Well, they're they're getting four points too. So if you guys are going to pick Texas Tech, uh, then I might as well announce that's one of my picks. That's on Thursday night, I believe. Yeah, um, I'll be right. I'll be riding the Red Raiders. Mackie McClung, the best Ken Palm defense in the country, and Who's it's at Raiders? it's at Texas Tech too. Well, I mean, does that matter though? Can they do they have fans in the stands? I don't know. No, but there's got to be a little bit when it comes to college kids who road, want to road stay rims. home. No, you got road rims. Sometimes you don't know if that jumper is going to fall like they normally would. Tell that to Illinois and Duke. Didn't work out for the Dukies. Um, okay. But yeah, all of us on the Red Raiders, Ohio State, North Carolina. Last year, North Carolina got absolutely embarrassed. And that's really the first sign of the wheels falling off for them last year was when Ohio State came into the Dean Dome and just shit on them. Shark, thoughts on Buckeyes Tar Heels? I don't know what the spread is. I don't know where the game is. Um, I know Ohio State's playing Purdue tonight or tomorrow night. I'm curious to see how that one goes tomorrow night. Um, I'm going to go with Ohio State, though. Chris Holtman's a great coach, and I think North Carolina. I, I, don't, I watched a lot of the game that they had against Texas. Who's their best player? The guy, um, the love? Correct. No, that no, North Carolina's best best player. I forgot his name. Love, I think it is. Um, shoots way too much. Bad shooter. Got to control that. Oh, Gar- Garrison Brooks is probably their best player. Right? Yeah, no, no, the, the guard. The guard. <laughs> Who's the guard? And Garrison Brooks is hurt. I'll find. Baycott. I know he's not a guard. I'm just. No, no, no. All right, Taylor. Thoughts on Ohio State, UNC. There's something about Ohio State that I just am not sure if I buy at this point yet. A win tonight, as we're speaking against Purdue, would probably go a long way. Um, And then obviously a win over North Carolina, if that's what they do, would go a long way. But I'm still going to roll with North Carolina. Uh, Their two losses have been to Iowa, which as an Iowa podcast, you know, (laughs) that, that we are. Uh, not a bad loss. And then they lost by two to Texas, a ranked team that has uh, a, a number of good wins this year. I'm going to go with North Carolina at home. This one's a toss up for me. I am leaning towards Ohio state though, because I'm just, I've been waiting for them this year to drop out of the top 25. They've just been hovering around the, the 20 to 25 range. And I'm waiting for them to have a bad performance, lose a bad game. I think they came all the way back against Notre Dame, which by the way, Irish, they got to tighten up. They got to be able to close games. Uh, but I'm actually going to lean towards uh, Ohio state. And this is the reason why I mentioned this two years ago, actually, when uh, what's his name? Justice suing transfer from Cal. Cal has been absolutely horrendous, 
but he was their one good ball player. And actually, Taylor, you'd like this. When I was prepping for the show for the random Hooper of the week, I was thinking about Max Zhang. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's a name drop for you. But Justice Suing, Ohio State, uh, transferred over from Cal. I think he might be the difference maker in this game. Last but not least, we'll stay in the Big Ten. Another by the way, nice for you there, Shark. Go ahead. It is it is Caleb Love, by the way. Second leading scorer on the team. Same amount of points per game as your boy Garrison Brooks and a true five-star freshman. So I want you guys culture yourself a little bit. Averaging the amount of the exact same amount of points, but shooting 30% from the field. Punks. Next question. 30% or 30% better? 30%. So he's shooting terribly. So my analysis is spot on. <laughs> what do you think? I told you he shoots too much. All I told right, well, that's so what I said. So I'm going to do what I do is I'm contrarian to the trend bet. He can't shoot 30% all season. Yeah. So, I, I mean, he's, he, that's the guy. I was right about love. And then he goes, oh, Garrison Brooks, the senior's the best player. Get out I'm going to go with Garrison Brooks. Um, all right, but this is the game I'm, I'm most Pavloving for. Big 10 matchup. The other day I tweeted it out, and I want to put a rubber stamp on it, make it official, notarize it. We are also now a Rutgers and Steve Peichel program. Illinois goes to Rutgers in the rack. Huge game. Shark, thoughts on this one? It's a tough one. I think a lot's going to depend on how Illinois looks tonight after that loss to Mizzou. But, I I mean, Rutgers is a – I, I want to go Rutgers, to be honest with you. If they're getting some <laughs> – I want to go Rutgers. I love the way they look against Maryland. Uh, Ron Harper Jr. is a bona fide star at this point. And then the, all these other guys that they have on – Hang the on, team. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You give me so much shit for how I pronounce tournament. Bonafide? Yeah, bonafide. Bonafide. Whatever. Um, you know, if you're going to come at me, why don't I come? What's the point? We're, we're just doing like, can we distinguish what we're picks we're doing right now? And then we're doing another pick section right after this. You're just, just throwing wins. games at me. Yeah, just right. wins. We're looking cool. forward to games. All right. So audience, if you're, if you've made it this far, this is Sue just firing random shots at me right now and trying to give an answer to you on the spot. Apparently right after this section, we're going to give gambling picks that we had as well. So that's where we're at. I'm picking Rutgers in this game because I like Ron Harper jr. I'm going to join Subi, I assume, on this in saying that I think Ayo Desunmu is going to have another game like he did last game, even if it's on the road. I just didn't I didn't see Illinois losing that many games this year in general. The fact that they already have two is a little surprising. So I'll go contrarian to the trend, like I just said. And I there's no way that Illinois starts a season four and three or five and three. So I'm going to go Illinois. It could happen. Conference play. It gets you horny, but I am going to go with Brad Underwood in Illinois. This is going to be a rock fight. You asked if I've ever been in a rock fight. Plenty of them. I'm previewing a rock fight for this one, though. Uh, Illinois at Rutgers. It's going to be the game of the week, in my opinion, but I'll take Illinois. All right, let's get to gambling and Griswolden right now. Here's an idea. Why don't you give me half the money you were going to bet, and we'll go out back. I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. Shark, go ahead. The floor is now yours. Oh, Am I moving gosh. too fast for you? Oh, no, you're not. If anything, we're, we're moving a little slow here. It's dinner time here. Mike, you wanted me to give you three picks. Again, the uniqueness of this. We're doing it on – we're shooting this on Tuesday night. We got to see ahead to what we're going to pick. Most lines don't come out two days in advance, so we're out here speculating at this point. I'm going to do my best to give some on Wednesday, uh, and then I'll, obviously I give the one on Thursday with Tech, and then I might – Throw my hat in the ring back for the weekend, depending on how we're doing. I'll tweet it at Sue. Wednesday, 
That's tomorrow. So Wednesday afternoon. Get going with an afternoon one right here. Richmond. I'm taking them. They're giving six to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, they got Scottie Pippen's kid, and that's about it. I, I don't like them. Richmond returns I, fresh off of being just absolutely embarrassed by West Virginia over the weekend. They have a senior-laden team. They got Gilliard. They got Golden. They have all these guys that have played together for an extended period of time and I think will beat up on a Jerry Stackhouse-led Vanderbilt young team. So, I mean, I, I tend to uh, want teams that are cohesive. And Richmond with Jacob Gilliard, who's actually been pretty terrible this year, uh, despite being the four-year player for them, um, he'll, he'll right the ship against Vandy. My other one we already talked about, we're going with Texas Tech. Uh, last I saw was plus four. So I'll take the four tech against Kansas. I, I didn't really love Kansas this year and I just love Texas going to be able to put the clamps down. Uh, they haven't really been tested since that Houston game and they were awful in the first half against Houston, but made a game of it in the second half. So I like Texas tech. Uh, I had them as my big 12 pick to win it this year. And I think that they're going to get this one or at least within the number. And then my final pick is also going to be, I think it's on the same day. Um, Again, I'm trying to get the weekday ones here. 1217. When's that? That's Thursday, right? Yeah, that's Thursday. So Thursday. Uh, you know, I talked a lot about Creighton. I tweeted about Creighton. I called them soft. I called them weak. I called them um, you know slow. Slow. No, I called them fast, but just not for the whole shot. Uh, I'm clock. just I'm making sure but, I nail all the all the insults. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the deal. You know, I I'm picking Creighton. I don't know what the number is. As long as it's below eight, they're playing St. John's. I've seen St. John's play. Um, one of the worst defensive teams, just lazy defense. Creighton's going to slice them, dice them, and put them away. Creighton, also terrible defensively. I think their number is uh, 68. Ken Palm, five on offense. Here's St. John's on defense. 110 in Ken Palm. So Creighton, looking at a, a 110 in defensive efficiency, is just salivating at the mouth. Pavloving, looking at that matchup, and Creighton is going to have a lot to prove after they were utterly embarrassed on Monday night. So it is a short week; they're going to fly across the country, but still, I like Creighton. Whatever the number is going to be, I don't know what it is. I, I would guess it's going to be like six or seven, but I would take Creighton to cover that one. So those are my so, three picks. Yeah, Richmond minus six, Texas Tech plus four, and then Creighton. If we're getting, I'm assuming it's going to be like six or seven, and I, I would still take Creighton to cover that. So. With having you talk all that shit on Creighton and then you go and pick them, I'm going to dub this term. It's called zigging when they Zagorowski or you Zagorowski when they zigged. Talk to me. Talk to me. That's, I mean, Creighton, uh, I went into the season loving them. If you look at my Twitter feed right now, my last two tweets were just polar opposite tweets about Creighton. I called them beautiful in one, compared them to Andrea Bocelli's voice. And then right after that, I compared them to Kirk Cousins quarterback play as being mentally soft. So, you know, I, I am all over this team, but I think that St. John's is a good matchup for them um, on, on this week, at least with who they have right now. Taylor, deliver us your picks. So I'm going to start out and go kind of against my usual trend. I'm going to go with uh, teams that are playing bad teams rather than good teams covering. So I'm going to start off with Notre Dame covering four points against Duke. Um, tomorrow night or tonight, Wednesday night, Notre Dame is two, one and one against the spread this year. And those games are against Kentucky, Ohio state, Detroit, and Michigan state. So like legitimate talent, not just 
random teams. Duke clearly hasn't shown any propensity to be cover any spread at all this year or even look good. So until Duke proves me wrong in that, and then I'm going to go with uh, Notre Dame. I don't think that highly of Notre Dame, but they have played a good enough amount of talent, and Duke is uh, 0-4 against the spread this year. Uh, the next team I'm going to go with is Subi, a school you know and love, Missoula, Montana, the Montana Grizzlies taking on the Washington Huskies. The Huskies are fucking terrible for a Power 5 tool school this year. Um, and they're getting uh, – Montana's getting eight and a half points right now as it currently stands against Washington. Another school where I'm saying, hey, show me something. Uh, Montana is coming off a 60-point win, and their losses this year have been to USC and then two one-point losses – excuse me, USC – Georgia, and then two one-point other losses. They've covered the spread in many of these games, and uh, that's what I'm going to go with. Washington uh, is like 5-16 and 16 in their last 20 games against the spread. So I'm going Montana, the Grizzlies, plus 8.5. For my third and final game, and this is a non-biased pick. Let me just throw this out here when I say this. is I'm going UTEP plus 14 against Arizona State. Arizona State is 1-10 and 10 against the spread in their last 11 games. They're being extremely overvalued by fucking every single person that gets paid to do this shit in the country, Vegas included. And I'm not sure why. Um, at, I, I guess everybody just loves Remy Martin's beard or something. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, ASU lost by or got handled by uh, San Diego State last week. They had needed a Remy Martin three in the final seconds of the game to beat Grand Canyon by one. Uh, and so because of that, UTEP played uh, our Arizona Wildcats decently well this last week. Again, I'm not thinking very highly of, very highly of them, but uh, I'm going to go with UTEP plus 14. All right, let's recap last week's. So, Taylor, you had the Clemson-Maryland game over 135 points. Uh, that did not hit. Xavier minus one against Oklahoma did hit. That got you a point in Rhode Island plus 10 against Wisconsin, at least on uh, the audio. I know I, I don't think the line closed at that, but Rhode Island plus 10 against Wisconsin did not hit. Shark, you had Florida State minus three against Indiana did not hit. Virginia minus one and a half against Michigan State. That game got canceled due to COVID. And then the Florida, Florida State game, uh, you took. Florida did not hit. So right now, out of all those picks, uh, Taylor is in the lead one to nothing. <laughs> wow. Paying the bills. Uh, I will say that that Rhode Island game, uh, and I just want to pander to a friend of the program, Justin Hasgard, extremely poorly officiated game where there were four technical free throw shot by Wisconsin in the second half on for nothing, for no reason. And that's really what decided the spread. All right. I'm not concerned at all. Like I've always said on this show, I don't care about I care about February and March. All right. That's when I'm hitting my stride. Right now I'm out here feeling it. You guys care about the preseason tournaments. You care about all these stupid little things. I'm in here grinding film, watching tape, getting ready for my bracket when that has to come around. Long season ahead. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up now with some segments. We want to remind you that we're brought to you by Dash Radio's nothing but net channel and the Barnburner Podcast Network. 
go ahead and subscribe. Shark, I'm going to kick it to you for some Friday Bracketology. It made its glorious return after a month or so. Give us some Friday Bracketology. Yeah, I'll give you some Friday Bracketology. Here's the thing, guys. Like, It's hard to come up with a lot of these. I take I take people on the street. They come up to say, hey, Shark, here's one for the last four in. Here's one for the first four out. And I put it down in my little notebook that I keep. And I keep a running log. And once I feel like I can unveil eight of them, then I'll throw them out there. This past week, last four in, Big Ten basketball. I think it's the best conference in basketball right now, top to bottom. Good league. Eggnog. Eggnog season. So you and I talked about this offline. I said eggnog season is a three-week season. You can't go a full month. You were drinking eggnog after Thanksgiving. I feel like that's a little premature. That's way too much eggnog to be having right there. It is from mid-December to the end of New Year's. That's eggnog season. Two uh, things real quick. Uh, basted no. the turkey in eggnog, threw a little in my hair. What do you think holds it up, Slick? Uh, but also eggnog, one of the very few holiday drinks that tastes a lot better without the alcohol in it. Go ahead. Never tried that. Noted, though. Uh, after that, I put Creed, both the band and the movie. It's a word, but it can apply to two different things. I love the movie Creed. I've always loved the Rocky movies. It's a great adaptation in the modern, uh, the modern world. You know, they, they got, they got kind of the rap vibe to it and also love the band. I heard Creed, uh, Scott Stapp was on the 10 questions with Kyle Brandt. Love that podcast. And I really enjoyed it. And then I started listening to him again and I'm thinking this band is just great. I don't know why they have a bad, uh, a bad toast to it. Sue, maybe play us off with some Creed once we get to the end. And then um, good health. Yeah, we got to have good health. That's a, that's in right now. You know, we're in the flu season. Yeah, we got some vaccines coming out. Good health. That's in. First four out, Big Ten football. Embarrassing that they let Ohio State just big, give them a free pass to go to the end. They change the rules on the fly. Changing your opinion after losing, that kind of plays in. That's a shot at Coach K right there. Um, that's what I meant right there. He, you know, he went into it all, embracing everything, and then he's lost a few games and he pushed it out. Group me messages. Can't stand that. I've been in several group me messages. The barn guys will know about it. I was in one for the barn chief's bachelor party, literally muted it day one, turned it on right before I took my flight out to Palm Springs. I had no clue what was going on. Landed. It was a great weekend. Good guys. Good group of guys right there. And then finally, bad third down defense. If you can't get off the field on third down, then I can't have I, it's hard to be a part of it. Right now, Washington football team is great on third down. I've never had this, but when you're a bad third down de- team, whew pray for you i love it friday bracketology one for the future and i actually gave you it you decided to ignore it which is fine That's no fine. no it's uh, it's on my list it's my so it's coming okay. it no. all right yeah. all right all right won't be saying it uh that is friday bracketology let's go ahead and finish it up now with where am i where am i where am i where am I? This is a guy that's not necessarily obscure. We know him because of his last name, but it's not. Uh, it's because of his brother, uh, and it's Ben Hansborough. Ben Hansborough, where the hell am I? He is a real estate agent Bro. and developer in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yes. What? We've done. I did this. Oh, we did Ben Hansborough. <laughs> yeah, I man. did Ben Hansborough. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, you won ACC Player We're- of the Year. Were you insane? Like, come on, Sue. He's still using his Notre Dame. Email us his real yeah. this is real estate email. This is like the Buffalo tweet at this point. <laughs> I'm gonna edit, I'm gonna edit this out. I'm gonna edit this out. Oh host my god, leave it. You're host host a show one time. Come on. Shameful. Do you guys yeah. got hugs? You want to pivot? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna throw a hug to you right now. Can I just give you one right there? Because I, I didn't have a hug. I'll give it to you on that. Oh my also, god. Yeah, I'll I'll give hug. a hug. I'll give a hug if we need one. All right, my hug is going to go to uh, Stanford's women's basketball coach Tara Vandeveer, who is going to pass Pat Summit's record of most win- wins in women's college basketball history tonight against Pacific, or last night when you listen to this. 
Good hug for Tara Vanderveer. This is bullshit. I'm going to hug myself too because I got no help. I got no help from you two. Breaking no, no, my back. No, 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 where am I? no, no, no. You asked, and then like literally 30 seconds later, you're like, never mind. I got it. No problem. What were you doing on those 30 seconds? I admit that I did not help at all, but I did come up with the where am I concept. So I got I got it there, and I didn't help on anything else. Did Lee, I think I did Lee Humphrey right away. Haven't done one since. Yeah. Well, you know what? Ball's in your court next time. Thank you again for listening to Theater and College Hoops. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy the games. Well, I just heard the news today. It seems my life is gonna change. I close my eyes, begin to pray, then tears of